With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we are going to preview the Kentucky-LSU basketball game. It's a 6 o'clock start at Rupp Arena on Saturday. ESPN has the coverage with Carl Ravitch and Dick Vitale scheduled to be the commentators. Kentucky coming off there. Kentucky's in the middle of a three-game losing streak. They're coming off that tough 63-62 loss to Georgia uh, in the last seconds on Wednesday night in Athens. LSU's coming off a tough game as well. They got blitzed by Alabama 105-75 on Tuesday night. LSU, however, is 5-2 and two in SEC play, where Kentucky is 3-3. Three and three. To give us a scouting report on LSU, I talked to Ron Higgins. He's the editor of Tiger Rag. Ron's a veteran of SEC. Few people People know SEC basketball as well as Ron Higgins does, so I talked to him to get his take on the Tigers. And then I talked to Jerry Tipton, our UK basketball beat writer for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. We talked about Kentucky and how the Cats uh, are doing both on and off the floor coming into this game on Saturday. So let's get right to it. First, my conversation with Ron Higgins of Tiger Rag and then Jerry Tipton of Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is my friend, a true veteran of SEC of the SEC Wars, Ron Higgins, the editor of Tiger Rag. Ron, how you doing? I'm good. I, I've been around so long. I knew Jerry Tipton when we went to elementary school. That's how long I've been around. <laughs> you too. If you two were in elementary school together in the same class, pity that poor elementary teacher. That's what I. All I know was really good notes. That's all I know. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. Okay, Ron, we got LSU and Kentucky. Uh, Saturday, six o'clock, uh, at Rupp Arena. Uh, this LSU basketball team, they seem to be rocking and rolling, moving right along. And then Alabama kind of smacked them the other night. What, what happened the other night? Alabama, uh, came out and, and hit so many threes so quickly. It was so dazzling. I think, and, and the thing is they, they never got cold. Really? They hit their first 12 or 15 threes. Uh, and they really never slowed down for the last 10 minutes when they were trying to hit the 23rd one. <laughs> it, it, it was, uh, it was, uh, an unbelievable display of offensive basketball. And it's one of those nights where there's nothing you can really do about it. Alabama was really smart with the way they moved the ball. Uh, you know, their, their guards always threw the ball, uh, uh, to two rotations over away from where they were. Therefore, the LSU players would kind of get there late closing out rather than throwing to the rotation next to them. We're very smart basketball. I just thought that the, there wasn't much you could do that night. And LSU, LSU gets most, uh, a lot of their offense from, from their defense. Uh, they press, uh, and, and, and during their two, three zone, they get a lot of tips and uh, a lot of deflections and they start fast breaks. And, uh, they just got nothing bad against Alabama. And, and, and really they, after Alabama just, I mean, blitzed them, early 
they were in a, in a bit of a panic because, I mean, even if LSU was hitting shots, they were trading twos for threes and it wasn't working. Up up until the Alabama game, had they been playing pretty well? I mean, how much of it was a surprise uh, to you guys on on, t- on Tuesday night? I was stunned it wasn't more competitive. But they've been they've played well. I mean, uh, you know they uh, they they've played well in conference. I mean, uh, no, they haven't played the cream of the crop in the conference. True, but uh, they've been solid against almost everybody. They didn't play. They lost by four at Florida and got down early and. and and came back and couldn't pull it out. But for the most part, they, they've pr- played pretty well. I mean, they, uh, and that they've got a, a, a lineup, a, a good mix of, uh, of, of, uh, three veterans and, and two freshmen in the start lineup. They got some good people coming off the bench. Uh, Will Wade has more options this year as far as just, uh, who he can stick in games and type of lineups he plays. Uh, uh, the pieces seem to, the pieces seem to fit better than last year. Really? Obviously, Cam Thomas, an outstanding freshman. Ron, you've seen a lot of great LSU players over the years. How, how does he fit in? How does he rank among those guys? Well, I mean, he, he's uh, he's a little bit different than most of them I've seen, and, and the sense is uh, uh, he really does have an NBA game mentality that he understands. For one, he's got the green light to shoot as much as he wants, not quite as much as uh, as Pete Maravich or uh, or Chris Jackson, mm-hmm. somewhere in between. Uh, uh, you know, he's, he hasn't been shooting well lately. I think he's five of his last 30 from three, and he shoots a lot of threes, a lot of step-back stuff. But the thing about him is uh, he, he'll he have a bad game, and you look down the box score, he's got like five points. And then you look up, he's got 22. And how does he do that? He gets the foul line. He, gets, he, he understands how to, to, how to drive and, and draw fouls from people. He's a 90% free-throw shooter. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's good at taking the ball to the basket. He's got a good mid-range pull-up jump shot. Uh, he's got more than just threes, and 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 uh, and honestly, if he ever gets rolling with the three, he's going to be unbelievable. He's only really had one game like that this year, early uh, in the year, when he, when he hit seven straight shots and like six of them were threes uh, against St. Louis. But uh, he, he's going to get his points somehow, some way. He'll end up with his points, uh, even though you know he hasn't shot great. But uh, he's always going to score. That's his job. He understands that's his job. The rest of the players on this team understand that's his job. They set picks for him. They look for him. Uh, they understand that's what he does. We'll talk about the rest of the players on the team. Who, who's been playing well for him? Trenton Watford has had a really nice year, a 6'9 sophomore from Birmingham. Uh, he was bothered by an ankle sprain, uh, I guess, about two or three weeks ago and kind of worked himself out of that. Uh, he's become more of a complete player than he was last year. He shoots the three really well, even though he doesn't look for it. His foul shooting has improved dramatically. Uh, he's really good in the post. He's he's uh he's got really good post moves. He knows how to back people in and spin around them. He understands angles. Uh, uh, against South Carolina, when LSU's offense really wasn't playing very well at all, they just put the him the second half and kind of rode him down the stretch. Uh, he's played well. Javante Smart at point guard. Uh, he's he finally understands how to be a point guard. Last year, he was making the transition from uh, being a shooting guard as a freshman to the point as sophomore, and it took him a while to kind of understand to, to, how to play point, uh, knowing when to take a shot, when not to take a shot. Uh, and uh, this year he seems to be refined that even more. He's a, he's a good foul shooter. He's kind of got like a funky looking three point shot. It's kind of, it's like, like, I was like a set, a, a set shot. Really? Uh, uh, yeah. Not, not quite on the, 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 the red clots, the Washington generals two hand set shot, but, <laughs> but, but, but he, but close. But it, it, 
<laughs> yeah, but, but you know, he'll he'll just he'll pull up any, any time that you least expect it. If it, and if he's on, he'll he'll take the shot. Uh, he's played well. Uh, the other two starters are Darius Days, uh, uh, junior from uh, right. Raleigh, Florida, outside of Gainesville. Uh, he's lost weight. He looks good. He's 6'7", 245. He kind of blows hot and cold. Uh, uh, he's a really good offensive rebounder, and he's smart in, in, in this sense. If Cam Thomas has the ball, Darius Days figures more than likely Cam Thomas is going to jack it. <laughs> so he goes to the goal, and he gets a lot of offensive stuff off does understanding this guy's probably going to shoot. Uh, he's, he's still got a really nice three-point shot. He's almost at 40% in threes. Uh, uh, and, and if he's having a good game, most of the time LSU has a good game. And, and the, the fifth starter is kind of a wild card. It's Mawani Wilkinson from uh, Las Vegas, a 6'5 forward. Uh, not, a, not a huge offensive threat, but does a lot of the dirty work. Uh, good defensive player. Uh, it, it's a piece that fits in there. And uh, – and he's got some, you know, options off the bench. Uh, uh, he's got, he got a uh, Josh LeBlanc. He was a, a transfer from Georgetown. He's a Baton Rouge kid. Uh, he, he's uh, a thin, springy kind of guy, an energy guy coming off the bench. He's six seven. He's 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 a nice player. Uh, a couple of freshman guards off the bench: Jalen Cook and Eric Gaines. Uh, uh, and so, they, like I said, they they don't have a. a, a a lot of high Sharif O'Neal, Sha- Shaquille's kid, mm-hmm. just got, got, got well from an ankle injury. He 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 can give him some uh, help off the bench. They go about eight deep, uh, and uh, but for them to win, they the, the defensively they have to be really good. They have to get a lot lot of deflections and and create uh, defense uh, offense from their defense. Their their half court sets aren't great, uh, but uh, when they're moving the ball and not standing and looking at each other, they're pretty good. What what about Will Wade? I mean, the NCAA stuff and all that. That doesn't seem to be have been from the outside looking in much of a distraction. Uh, what what what's the feeling down there about all that? Will Wade is the Teflon coach of the year. Honestly, <laughs> it's, it's 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 pretty amazing. I mean, how he can basically just put that in a little box over here in the corner and not even think about it. Uh, they mean, I mean, LSU has not been informed of anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean. Uh, there's this feeling that even, I mean, it's in this contract that if they have violations that, I mean, are, are, are accused, even accused of violations, that, that they can fire them without cause. But there's the feeling uh, uh, I get from a lot of people who know Will Wade and know some of the, the, the boosters who back him, so the big money boosters, is that possibly even if they got violations or whatever, that, you know, they may not fire him because he has enough, I guess, big money boosters on his side uh-huh. to, to, to back him. Uh, he, he is, a, uh, honestly, a, a, one of the better coaches they've had here. He, yeah. uh, 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 you know, in, in the last couple of years, he's recruited well, even after all that stuff happened, which means, I mean, he must be doing something right. Cause the entire world was looking at him right. after, after the, you know, the HBO stuff and, and the FBI stuff came out. So the, the entire world's looking at his recruiting, so, and, but he still continued to recruit really, really well. Uh, the players like playing for him. Uh, uh, like I said, he, he is a, uh, he's a good floor coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had I mean, almost every year he's here. He's had really, you know, he's had, you know, pretty decent teams since he's been here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's well liked in the community. Uh, you know, and like mm-hmm. I said, the, his only, his only fault was if you're going to say all that stuff and brag about it, you know, just, 
Uh, don't get on the phone and do it. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's right. That should be rule number one moving forward. Yeah. No, I think yeah, he's a heck of a coach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so uh, I agree. You know, I mean, but just don't talk about this stuff unless you yeah. like it. You know, it, like in the Sopranos, you're in your steam room somewhere. I mean, and, and talk to in the, in the steam room. Don't do that <laughs> on the phone. Uh, and, and hopefully he learned that lesson, and uh, right. and hope that he'll stick around. But, but he's been marked, and he knows it. And uh, you know, every ring he goes into, uh, uh, he'll hear it. And 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 even the social distancing, I'm sure he still hears it. But uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Always going to stick with him, and he just has to learn to live with it. But right. again. This is a pretty good LSU team, uh, and uh, but uh, and I know Kentucky hadn't had a great year, uh, but it, it's it's still to LSU it's still Kentucky, and they understand who they're playing and uh, that they need to play well. Right. Well, uh, speaking of Kentucky, before I let you go, I mean you 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 know John Calipari from your days in Memphis. How how surprised are you to see him have the kind of season he's having this year? I'm stunned actually. I've never seen Cal ever have a season like this. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's just it's kind of driven him crazy to the point now he's talking to himself a lot. <laughs> uh, uh, and, 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 uh, and because, you know, most time, you know, if he keeps talking, he, you know, he, he, he can pick himself up. And then, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's and I know he, he's trying to be positive about his team. Uh, and, 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 you know, because he doesn't he doesn't want to bash his team. But, but uh, you know, a lot of times when you tell, you know, your team this is what to do and, and huddles and and they just are knuckleheads and they don't – it doesn't take to the court, uh, it, it kind of drives you crazy. And, and at that point, you don't know what to do because you don't want to – you like your kids. They, you know they work hard, but, you know, they're not – I mean, they're not listening or they're not learning what he's trying to tell them. And it just – it's like this circle of craziness that drives them insane. And, and honestly, I mean – just from a, a basketball standpoint, just observing this from far away, and I may be wrong, it, there's not a, a guy on that floor that I think, wow, that's a first-round NBA draft choice. Right. That, that, no. and, and, that, and that is a big factor, too. And so, right. uh, again, uh, you know, I hope they get it straightened out. You know, it's, it's like, it's like you know, in this league, and I know LSU fans will hate me saying this, but like when, when – when Alabama football isn't good, the, the league isn't the same uh, because there's nobody for everybody to really dislike and, and, and look up. To. It's the same with Kentucky basketball. When Kentucky basketball is not going well, uh, I know everybody thinks it's great because everybody else has a chance to win, but you, it's, it's still the gold standard you shoot for. Right. And, and uh, when, 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 when they play well, I think it's, it kind of carries the league. So, uh, hope they get to straightened out, you know, sooner or later. I know Kentucky fans are not used to this. Def, nobody, this, you know, this is like when Alabama was just like three football games in the year. They want to fire the coach. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So, right. I hope they can work through it. Well, it'll be, even with Kentucky having a down year, it's always a fun game when Kentucky and LSU get together on Saturday. Ron, tell, tell my listeners how they can follow you online and find Tiger Rag online uh, leading up to and after the game. Uh, you can go to uh, tigerrag.com. That's our, our Tiger Rag magazine online, tigerrag.com. That's our online. Uh, you know, it's not a pay service. We're, 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 we're cheap, free, and easy. That's how we work here. <laughs> you, don't, you don't work any kind of, any kind of paywall. That's good. You it's in, and uh, you, go, you can find me on Twitter, at Ron Higg. Well, Ron, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. All right, John. Take care. You too. Thanks, Ron. 
All right. See you. Okay. Thanks a lot to Ron for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. And when we come back, we'll be talking to Jerry Tipton of Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is my colleague and friend at the Herald-Leader who covers UK basketball, Jerry Tipton. How you doing, Jerry? Good. I'm doing fine, John. Uh, Kentucky LSU on Saturday night. Kentucky coming off uh, a really tough defeat at Georgia. Last second defeat, 63-62. Uh, we got uh, Joel Justice today and Brandon Boston. Uh, after talking to Joel with uh, what do you? I know you asked about you know what's the mood of the team right now. What what did you get from that? What what do you think the mood of the team is as they sit here four and nine after such a tough loss? Well, uh, the feeling I got, uh, and he didn't say this directly, was that of course they're going to the coaches don't want to uh, put the team into <laughs> into a depression, right. so there's. You know, they're trying to spin it as you know as best they can. So I, I took it as he was take, looking at the big picture. Yes, we lost this game. Yes, we're four and nine, but uh, you know there 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 are games to play, and uh, yeah, I was looking at it, and they're actually halfway through the season, uh, and they will be after the game tomorrow. So I mean, it's not. I, I started to put my story early season, and I thought, wait a minute, we're about halfway through this thing. So uh, so I kind of backed off that. But as John Calipari says, the schedule doesn't get easier; just right. the opposite. Right. But on the plus side, that is uh, opportunity. Right. You can really change the narrative by winning these games. So we'll see. Right. Yeah. Uh, starting with LSU tomorrow. Yeah. Very tough stretch. Uh, LSU. Then they go down to Alabama, who's beat LSU by 30. Uh, in fact, I went back and watched that game. Uh, I mean, Alabama hit, you know, what they 23 three pointers, I believe. Uh, right, SEC record. Yeah, SEC record. So LSU, they're coming off of kind of like the exact opposite of what Kentucky's coming off of. You know, they got their they got their rear ends kicked by Alabama, where Kentucky lost at the last second. Um, what back to Kentucky for a minute? Joe kept talking about uh, you know we've still you know our story's not written. You know we're writing this story. Uh, what what would be the story to this point? Just how disappointing they've been, or is there what else goes into it? Well, I don't know if disappointment is the word, although I would think fans would use that word. Yeah. Uh, it's just been odd. That's the word I would use, and it kind of fits the uh, COVID year. Right. That, uh, you know, nothing, you expect the unexpected. No one would expect a four and nine start, of course. And uh, they have been, we've talked about this before, they have been competitive for the most part. Uh, you know, I guess you could ex say Alabama, they lost right. by 20, but it wasn't. I mean, they were within striking distance right. well into the second half. So, I mean, you know. Right. Right. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, four and nine is awful by Kentucky standards, uh, but we'll see, right. you know, but there is opportunity okay. ahead and we'll see. Okay. Okay. Let's say, 
how how can they take advantage of that opportunity? I would start with they've got to be able to generate more points. I thought Joel was interesting, kind of an almost <laughs> – he stuck to the script uh, for the most part, I thought, but he kind of lapsed at one point where he said, you know, we just got to find a way to score some points. Our def- I think he said right. something like, our defense has been good. We just got to w- find a way to score some points. How do they find a way to score some points? How does this team that's been so dreadful shooting from three turns the ball over – you know, uh, way too many times. How do they get that corrected? Well, call me crazy, but I think putting the ball in the basket is important in <laughs> offense. I don't care how many screens you set and all that other stuff. Right. Put the ball in the basket. I was looking this up, and I don't have the number right in front of me, but Alabama made 23 threes, and in Kentucky's last five games, they've made less than 23 total. <laughs> So, I think they've made nine. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's like I wrote this down, but I don't have it in front of me. I think they – well, I did I did write this down. in the. I watched the Alabama-LSU game. And because, you know, two teams near at the top. Right. And I, they are playing for first place. And my intention was I'll just watch the first half, and then I'm going to be tired. I'm going to go to bed. I'll tape it and watch the second half. But I was so amazed by the first half, I stayed up and watched it. Right. The whole thing. But Alabama had six threes in the first four minutes. Right. Uh, Calipari. Kentucky has had nine games with less than six threes. <laughs> so, you know, I don't, you know, right. Right. I, I n- would not expect Kentucky to make 23 threes tomorrow night. But that will be the story if they do. Well, yeah, yeah. So, but, I, you know, to answer your question, you know, I they keep talking about doing the hustle things and all of that stuff. So they've just got to, you know, kind of manufacture offense through defense, through offensive rebounding putbacks. I don't think they can just call on, okay, let's start making shots. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. At least there's no sign of that. Right. Yeah. I think one of the things that's hurt them is that, um, okay, ordinarily you're not shooting the three. Well, uh, you know, you, you're trying to find generate, you're trying to generate offense. So you want to try and get easy baskets when you can, and you could do that in transition because they've been playing, you know, pretty good defense, but when you turn the ball over as much as they do, you know, you can't get the ball down the floor <laughs> to score an right. easy basket. So, you know, I think, uh, I think a lot of it, you know, is that, um, what about, I mean, as you pointed out today and you asked the question today, I mean, the positive the other night was BJ Boston. He scored 18 points coming on, coming off the bench. They started Dante Allen. Joel justice said today though, that Dante, uh, told Cal that he felt, felt more comfortable, uh, coming in off the, off the bench. Um, what, what did you think about the way Boston played and should they just continue to do that? Or does that really matter? Uh, bringing him off the bench or does that matter? Well, I mean, to me, if I was a coach and I kind of got this from what Joel justice, how he responded, you know, it's like whatever they do, it's like, there's a hex. It's, it's, you know, it's not working. Like they, you know, they bring Brandon Boston off the bench and it, it, you know, he excels, he does well. It seems to, he seems good with that, but Dante and Allen falters. And when they reversed it, which was the earlier, uh, it was just, you know, uh, Dante Allen excelled off the bench. 
uh, but DeBoston faltered. So maybe you could bring them both off the bench. Maybe that <laughs> there you would go. help. There you go. Start somebody. Uh, that thought crossed my mind today, uh, right. not when I could have asked the question. But later I was thinking about it and start someone, another player. But if they, and I'm not saying this is the case, but if they both Allen and Boston seem to excel and off the bench, they I would go with that. Right. And I think they would too. Uh, but we'll have it's uh, Joel used the word experiment, I think, today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's here we are halfway through the season and they're still, you know, experimenting. I think that says something about the state of the team. Yeah. I mean, Cal said the other night after the game, you know, ordinarily I'd like to get it down to where we're playing seven to nine players, but who would those be? Because he can't. <laughs> Because right. he can't, uh, he can't count on consistency in their performance enough to say, okay, these are my seven guys or these are my nine guys. Yeah, I wrote about consistency last week, I believe, or maybe it was earlier this week. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, and I think that's something that several of the SEC teams that would apply to. And I, I was asking some of the coaches, you know, I see a team, and they, you know, they make an impression, and then when I see them. In the next game, I'm thinking, who are these guys? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of, you know, I think that fits Kentucky to a degree. Right. Uh, certain players and with young players and all that, that's to be expected to, to a degree, especially when they haven't had the normal, you know, preseason and all that stuff. Right. Uh, I was on a radio show earlier this afternoon at Baton Rouge, and the guy doing the show asked me, how is Calipari holding up? I mean, he's never quite had a season like this. How did I think Calipari was holding up? Uh, I'm going to ask you the same question. How do you think he's holding up? Well, I mean, he hasn't lashed out or anything like that that I've noticed. Right. You know, not at the media, which is usually a favorite target, as you know. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I, I think he's been okay with the post game press conferences recently. Right. You know, he's kind of entertained the questions and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think as far as, you know, he's had an, obviously he's had a whole lot of success oh, yeah. in his career. So maybe, uh, you know, he doesn't mind, uh, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say he doesn't mind, but, but, uh, he could see. I remember one time. This has been years ago. He mentioned karma. Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. And like he was basically telling UK fans, even root for Duke, because <laughs> to root against the team, you know, karma might come and bite you. <laughs> so maybe he feels like, with all the success, yeah. it's inevitable that a clinker season yeah. would happen. Yeah. That's just total speculation on my part. Yeah. I think he's, you know, I think he, like he said the other night, I think you asked him, you know, what do you tell the team after such a, you know, uh, uh, discouraging loss or, uh, and he said, he said, you know, someone needs to talk to me because I've discouraged, (laughs) you know, uh, I think he's, you know, I think he's kind of at a loss because what he, what he tries, which stuff that has worked for him in the past, for whatever reason, is just not working this year for him. And uh, I think he's trying as hard as he can, trying to think of as much as he can to come up with to turn this thing around. And up to this point, it just hasn't worked so far. And for a coach, as you said, who's been so successful and as a Hall of Fame coach, uh, that's got to be, you know, that's got to be very frustrating. 
Yeah, well, he said, I was going to say, he uh, after the Georgia game, he said he was discouraged. And after the Auburn game, I believe, he said he was frustrated. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that sounded candid. Oh, yeah, I you think know, so. You know, it didn't sound, you know, and I mean, it is what it is. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's how I kind of put the, the context I put on uh, Dante Allen and Brandon Boston, yeah. where you reverse it thinking maybe you'll get the best of both worlds and you end up 50 50 right. again. <laughs> right. It's right. just like, you know, like almost like you're faded right. to you keep swimming upstream. Right. Right. So what, uh, so what is the key tomorrow night for Kentucky? Just offense all on the offensive end, or do they have to do some things defensively? I mean, Cam Thomas is a good player for LSU, a freshman. Right. I mean, they've got guys, I've, I mean, they until the other night anyway, and they scored 75 the other night. Just Alabama scored 105. They're, they're a good offensive team. Well, what do you think is right. the key for Kentucky? Well, I think the defense has to be on point, and, uh, you know, you would kind of expect it to be. And then uh, hope, just hope for the <laughs> offense. I mean, every game has been competitive, so I would be surprised if it didn't come down. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cam Thomas, uh, the he's the leading scorer in the country among freshmen. Really? And number eight in the country. Mm-hmm. So uh, 22 points a game. So obviously they need to control him. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of, I was talking to somebody who referred to him as a volume shooter. when I, mm-hmm. And it looks that way to me, that, you know, he's going to put up shots. Right. And we'll see how many of them go in. But they have a, you know, they have a an older team otherwise, right. and uh, so I would expect a, a challenging game. I was telling somebody they got LSU. They've lost three in a row. They got LSU, then as you said, at Alabama, then Texas. They're ranked. Right. Then at Missouri, and then Tennessee. You're looking at an eight-game losing streak. Yes, you Attention. are. I'm not saying that's going to happen, and. I'm as everyone is, I'm conditioned to seeing Kentucky win, but you can imagine that yes. when you look at those five next five games. So, right. uh, right. you know, I don't see any gimmies no. the rest of the way. No, you know, no, so it, you know, it's going to be, uh, an uphill, uphill climb. Right. Okay, well, we got Kentucky and LSU on Saturday, 6 o'clock start on ESPN. I understand it's Carl Ravitch and Dick Vitale. Is that right? I think Jimmy Dykes. I oh. think Ravitch and Jimmy Dykes. Oh, Ravitch and Jimmy Dykes. I okay. Think. Okay. I think. Well, I'll double check that. I'll double check yeah. that. I thought it was uh, Dickie V, but okay. I too. But I looked at uh, LSU's notes, and they had it as uh, is, uh, is Jimmy. Jimmy Dykes. Okay. So it'll be one or the other. Uh, okay. Well, be sure and follow Jerry on Twitter, Jerry Tipton, at Jerry Tipton, uh, leading up to the game, during the game, after the game. Check out all of his coverage on Kentucky.com in the print edition of the Arrow Leader. And as always, thanks for being on the podcast, Jerry. Thank you, John. Take care. Okay. That'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to my guests, Ron Higgins of Tiger Rag and Jerry Tipton of Kentucky.com. Be sure and check out all of Jerry's coverage leading up to the game and all of our coverage on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Lexington Herald Leader. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Send me an email, jclay at herald-leader.com. 
Thanks to everyone who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Remember, you can get a sports only digital subscription. It's $30 for the first year. You get all of our UK basketball, UK football, UK recruiting coverage. You get columns by Mark Story and myself. You get all of our high school coverage with Jared Peck. $30 for the first year. And again, we really appreciate everyone who supports our work at the Kentucky at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. I appreciate everybody who listens to these podcasts give us a ratings and review if you can especially on apple podcasts that really helps you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher tuned in google podcasts iHeartRadio radio podcasts thanks again everybody who listens to the podcast we really appreciate it we appreciate you listening to this podcast and we'll be talking to you again soon